Yes, hello, welcome to Club Prairie Fire yet again for another week. Your home of tequila, Tabasco, and the Duckworth Lewis system. Well, gentlemen, we're counting down nicely every week. We are down to just three weeks until the ODI World mm. Cup gets underway. Oh, fever pitch around the world of cricket. Absolutely. Uh, lots happening. Australia, they're still in South Africa. Things haven't really gone their way recently. We'll get into that. New Zealand and England, they're still tied. An ODI series there in the Asia Cup. It rolls on and on and on. Now, to talk all things catches and creases, all things runouts and blowouts, two men that know this game inside out and the right way around. Let's start with Adam Gilchrist, Perth. Gilly, come in. Are you there? And how are you? I am here, gentlemen, and wonderful to see you. For those that uh, can see us on the YouTube, but uh, great to be chatting again. And what I, very quickly, what I'll say is cheers to you, Prof, in particular. I don't know where it's at with the Traveller mob. I don't know how those beers are going and getting across the Nullarbor. They didn't turn up, but I had to go and purchase one myself. A little six-pack, beautifully priced. And uh, hang on, let me... Oh, wonderful. Mm. Tastes delicious too. These, this mob is getting one of the great free kicks of all time. Traveller, they need to start sending us some shit. Hey, uh, let's go. Let's cross to Manchester. A very very dapper-looking mm. Michael Vaughan. Yeah. Come in, Vaughan. Are you there? Yeah, uh, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Um, yes, I, I'm actually not in Manchester. I've got some uh, breaking news for us uh, here on the Prairie Fire podcast. Uh, Gilly mentioned a distillery. Now, I, I've sourced out, I'm in a shed down in Reading of all places. I'll just show you around the shed. This is, how many square foot is this? Four, 41,000 square foot of shed. Now... How many bottles of tequila do you reckon could fit in this shed? <laughs> Quite a lot. Quite a lot. And there's brandy on this wall here. El Shito could go on there. What do you reckon, lads? Do you think it would be a good tequila distillery? Yeah, there you go. Oh, funny. The shed men. Mate, that is, that is outstanding. I, I did not know where you were there. Nice to know you've got a little audience in the background. I thought, well, I'm glad it's a distillery. The other thing, I thought you'd turn into Walter White from Breaking Bad and you've got a, a big, serious cook coming on in a minute. But anyway, mate, nice to see you. Looking sharp too, big fella. Hey, either Shit, way, guys, morning. we're on to something here. We're on to something. It could cost a few quid to start with, but we'll fill this All space. All right, we'll crowdfund. Absolutely, mate. And, and whether it's tequila or blue meth, whatever we got to do, <laughs> To keep this thing going, we will keep it going. Now, a gentleman... Of course, um, <laughs> Of course, responsibly. Now, um, <laughs> a gentleman we should bring in now who yeah. I think based on this podcast, there's a certain app that has been pinging for him all week. Please welcome <laughs> producer Ollie in London. Ollie, you're London? Yeah, I'm in London after things, yeah, didn't work out with Monique. Um, I had to come <laughs> oh, back mate. from France. Yeah, I'm, I'm gutted actually, but... Um, Thanks very much. And um, yeah, the, but what, what has gone pinging off is our socials at Club Prairie Fire. Mitch Marsh, his comments about Pakistan, Australia <laughs> final, over one million views we had Ooh. on all social platforms. A few in agreement, but a lot just from Indian fans <laughs> saying, well, that's your IPL contract on. So we may not see Mitch Marsh will get in the IPL. End your visa. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, can, can I can I say so? Can we can we clarify that? So Mitch loses his IPL contract. So what have we we've cost Mitch what, what one point what? How much? <laughs> Lots. 
yeah, it, it's seven figures. It's seven figures, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I but, guarantee you it would have been worth it to come on this podcast. Okay. It's got to be a career highlight yeah. for Big Mitch. Mm. Just, I mean, yeah. hanging out with his two heroes, Gilly Vaughney, <laughs> finding out what Ollie's up to on Raya. The dirty dog. Mm. Um, he would have. <laughs> yes, Vaughny. Yes. Ollie, can we can we just go back to Monique? What happened? Uh, I'm glad you are. I, I sent I sent off a message at 2:17 a.m. after England beat Argentina. I thought I basically played the game. I thought I'd won it. I cheered this victory. I went with Bonjour, Monique. Comment ça va? Um, <laughs> um, how how Saint Tropez? And then look, read nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh right. no! <laughs> can we, Ollie? Can we throw out to our many, many listeners? Uh, if you are a, a young lady out there that likes the cut of Ollie's jib, if you like chatting or cricket old, and or old lady, or old or old and rugby <laughs> and what else? You like rowing, um, having no. a pims. Get in touch with the show. None of that. <laughs> Get in touch with the show. Um, you can meet Ollie, and Ollie he knows Vaughny. So if you know you play your cards right, you might end up in a shed with Vaughny. So um, we'll we'll see how we go. Now, Ollie, um, you also had uh, some. F- sorry, mm. Gilly. Normally we do our toast at the end of the show, yeah, right? But yeah. but tonight yeah. you thought it was important to start the show with the toast. Yeah, I did. I did. And and this, um, I guess it's pertinent coming off the back of the chat about this um, this uh, app that uh, this dating app that. Ollie's um, pursuing uh, with gusto, uh, with no results. Um, <laughs> a man that didn't ever seem to need this type of device was um, a former teammate of mine, a, a great mate, and a wonderful mate of Vaughnies. And ah, just it, it seemed like he was a mate of everybody. Uh, he was connected uh, so closely. He could mix with kings and queens. He could mix with the the common man at the cricket ground or the kids and teach them. But of course, it's none other than the Late, great Shane Warne would have turned 54 today. So just a time check as to when we're recording this. Uh, what is it? The 13th of September. It's a Wednesday. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I just thought we should jump in early. And, you know, if you cannot pay a early tribute to one of the goats, well, the goat, really, one of the greatest ever to play the game, no matter what facet of the game that you uh, partook in. What I found wonderful too today on social media, Jackson, his son, I'm not sure if you saw his post he put up there, little video, he said, look, it's, you know, it would have been dad's birthday. I could have put up a, you know, a, a black and white picture with all the usual emotions and RIP and I love your dad and all the stuff that everyone would expect. But I'm doing this little video. I'm going to go out today and do everything dad would have wanted me to do. And he said, I went to the gym. He said, but I'm going to do three things that I love doing with Dad. He said, we love Maccas. We always go to Maccas together, we did. So unsurprisingly, off he chuffed to Maccas and had a burger. He said, Dad loved his favourite TV show, Two and a Half Men, but it had to have Charlie Sheen in it. So he chucked on the TV, and sure enough, on Fox, there's Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men, so he watched an episode of that. And then he went down to the casino and rolled the dice on the roulette, or the spun the ball on the roulette, hoping 23 red came up, of course, which was Warney's number and his favourite uh, gambling number. It didn't come up on his wheel, but it came up on the one next to it. So absolutely brilliant effort from Jackson. He has got the, he's got the best attitude ever about leading everyone through um, times of hardship and sorrow and grief. But uh, just a thought we should get it away early, gents. So 
If you've got your little vessel there, I don't know what you got there, Vaughn, <laughs> Vaughn at the moment. For well, crew there, but here's, uh, here's to the to the great man, Shane Warne. To the king. To the king. Ah. Now, Vaughn and Gilly. Just on the king. Yes, the, go, The Vaughan. Gunnel Links Golf Tournament is coming up. And one of my favourite memories of, of, of the ledge was going up there every year to Scotland playing golf. I've never need, known a, an amateur golfer take it so seriously, desperate to win. And <laughs> last year, his last year, he lost in, in a count-off, partnering Ryan Fox. But the most remarkable thing about that last round was, I think at 5.30 in the morning, he was still drinking vodka Red Bull. <laughs> Shocking. And it might not have gone. It might not have gone that late, but I think he started at about half eight, quarter to nine, and said to the waiter, "By the way, every twelve minutes, you bring me a double vodka rebel." <laughs> and carried on all the way through. He then gets on the tea tea box. Well, wobbled onto the tea box, should I say? And he only goes and shoots level par off his own ball. He beats his pro's ball right. <laughs> Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> and he should have won. He lost on a count back. Uh, but there you go to the king. It's yeah. uh, that special time here where loads of mates get to Scotland. And, and uh, every year that we're up there and he's not there, it just feels like a complete void. Uh, he was a, a great guy at the Dunnell Links. And uh, that last round that he played at the Dunnell Links was absolutely smashed. <laughs> and he played his greatest ever round smash. <laughs> Sounds like the way he bowled leg spin sometimes, coming off the back of a, <laughs> a reasonable night, but he still produced the goods. <laughs> hey, Gilly and Vaughnie, you spent a lot of time with them. How did the King used to celebrate his birthday? Were they big birthday bashes, or was he pretty quiet on his birthday? Oh, look, I'll jump in first there. I, we, you know, occasionally, you know, around September, we were somewhere on tour, but I don't remember him you know, being overly um, outrageous about the birthday celebration. But I suppose I, I cast my mind back to general parties that Warney used to throw uh, and none better than around Boxing Day test match oh, throws the house open on, typically on about day two. It's sort of open the gates, all the broadcast crew gets a couple of mates from outside, a couple of AFL boys from down from St Kilda and a couple of musicians. Um, yeah, it was just chaos. I, I suppose really quickly, one of the things, he had this downstairs almost like, well, I'd say like, a, <laughs> for want of a better term, a dungeon, but it was it was a nightclub. You went <laughs> in there, it's a nightclub. It had the sparkling disco ball. It had, you know, big leather lounges, had a big screen, had a pole in the corner. <laughs> um, I don't, know, don't think that was the bat pole to slide down and get the Batman set on, but who knows, but... <laughs> I just remember down in there, it was a bar as good as any bar you've ever walked into. Fully stocked, fully stacked, sound system like no tomorrow. And I I don't know what time it was this particular night, but I went back upstairs just to grab something for the kitchen. From the kitchen, you could just hear a bit of the music. And there's a lady standing there in a nighty, And I thought, oh, dear, this could get awkward here. And she just looked at me. She was the only one there. She goes, could you just tell Shane that the music's a little bit loud? I live next door. I went, oh, oh. no worries. <laughs> Go, uh, should I add a name to that? She goes, no, 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 she'll know. Yeah, he'll know, he'll know. 
So I just went down, let Warnie know, and the music went down a fraction for about 10 minutes. But now he knew how to entertain. There's no doubt about that. I mean, his birthday parties in the UK were pretty simple every year. He'd have uh, cheese toasty for his breakfast. (laughs) On the way to the golf club, 20 fags. Get to the golf club, might have a bowl of fries, ketchup, load of vinegar. Then he'd play a round of golf, another 20 fags on the golf course. (laughs) They're sporting down. Probably have a vodka Red Bull as soon as he finished. Uh, He'd order a a margarita pizza after the round. A bowl of fries, a bit more ketchup, vinegar. Uh, drive back into London at 150 miles an hour, probably five bags, five or six bags out the window. Get back to his uh, little muse cottage uh, near Lords in London, sit down, put his feet up. He'd go and have a shower for 10 or 15, put all his golf clubs, uh, golf clubs and all his golf clubber away in his small room, which is just his golf room with all his kit. Then come down, back into town, Vodka Rebels would start, probably order another margarita pizza, another 10 fags. Then go casino, go and, go and roll on the old, uh, on the roulette, bit of blackjack. No idea if he won or lost. Another 10 fags. And then on the way back, probably a cheese and cheese and cheese toasted to finish off the night. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect day for the king. Amazing. Because Gilly, he used to, every restaurant he went to, right, he would, didn't matter what the restaurant was. Is this true? We're doing rumours now for the, Ollie and I. Yeah. Is it true that he would always order a spaghetti bolognese? He, no matter the restaurant. Oh, he'd have a crack. That well, it was basically, but more so as Vaughnie said there, margarita pizza or cheese toasty. But what he did do one night in Brisbane, I saw, and 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 he wasn't being a dickhead about it. He wasn't being forceful. We walked into a restaurant. And we all sat down there and, you know, oh, we'll get, get the drinks order in before they bring the uh, menus out. Went around the, you know, table, have that, beer, beer, wine, whatever. And he said, oh, I'll have a vodka Red Bull, which, as Vaughn, he said, that, that was his trump. That, that was his go-to. Um, and the guy goes, oh, sorry, we don't have Red Bull. And it was like the music stopped in the, you know, the, uh, 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 what? and the silence. And it was like, you fucking what? And that, like, that awkward pause. And then everyone starts talking amongst themselves again. And anyway, Vaughnie sort of, uh, went, oh, okay. He wasn't forceful. He goes, oh, well, just give us a water for the moment, mate. Kid you not, 15 minutes later, the restaurant manager, the manager comes running in with a, like a, a 7-Eleven shopping bag full of Red Bull. And he'd just gone out at all costs, gone, came back to start topping him up and, and off Warney went. So um, that was the command that, it, that, uh, that was given to him. Or, well, that was the respect that was shown him. What, what, what I like about him is, um, is that the Dunnell Links, again, I, I, I'll tell you about the Saturday night is the ball night. So everyone gets their best glad drags on. It's a posh, big marquee, a huge firework display. It, it's made, All the town of St. Andrews comes out to watch the fireworks and, basically sees all the celebrities walking into this marquee. Um, you know, you've got Kathleen Zeta-Jones there. You've got <laughs> Jamie Dornan. You've got all these superstars. Uh, Bill Murray was on our table one year. And the food is absolutely prestigious. It's delightful. <laughs> Caviar, sushi, sashimi. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I remember sitting there on this long table. Honestly, the decor of the table, it's like the best wedding that you could ever wish to go to. It's immaculate. The room's pristine. And I remember just sitting there and there's Bill Murray across there and uh, 
<laughs> there was me, Joe Root, we sat with us as well. There's a big table, about about 20 on this table. And I looked and the king had had a whisper in the ear of the waiter <laughs> early. And as all the sushi was being delivered and everyone's coming into a bit of the caviar, just a bowl of chips arrived. <laughs> just a bowl of <laughs> Just a bowl of chips, that's it. Oh, <laughs> he, just, he just, with his hands, he just sat there with his bowl of chips and ketchup. And and not just dipping his chips in. You know when you dip your chip right to the bottom of the ketchup? <laughs> so the whole... <laughs> oh, I can see it. And not, never, and Vaughn, you agree, never a wanker about it. Never, never like, look at me. Like, it was just... No, you go for your caviar. You go for it. You love it. You hang in there. But I'm doing this. <laughs> That's me. That's me. He likes Vaughnie. Was he? And we we need to talk a little bit of cricket with Warney quickly. <laughs> was was he when all those years that you played? Was he the cricketer you feared most? Was he the one that in the calendar you saw Australia coming up? You were thinking about Warney. Or oh, he was the one that had the the psych over the England team <laughs> more than anybody else. Because he, I think him and Murley around that time, Murley in Sri Lanka was a nightmare because <laughs> oh, it was boiling up, sweat coming down your eyes, four or five Sri Lankan fielders close to the back. You've no idea which way it's spinning, so you generally just try to sweep him. Yes. But Murley, Murley was a great bowler, but he didn't have the persona of Warney. Warney just had this, this persona that it was almost like he had a spell. <laughs> I thought. I thought the Steve War Shane Warne combination, even though I, I don't think they got on that great, but nope. when you played against them, you felt that you know Steve War just gave you donuts, just didn't want to even look at you. If, if anything, he looked like he wanted to spit on you. I'm sure he didn't do that to anybody, but that's the kind of impression he gave away. But Warney had this persona of just, I can make you feel so small, <laughs> so so small, you know. And if you if you allowed him to do that, he would walk all over you. If he, if he he felt you had a weakness, he knew exactly how to kind of pick on that weakness. So he almost had to... I mean, the first time I faced him, I think, was Adelaide, actually, Gil, mm. in 2002. Never faced him in my life. And honestly, I remember thinking the first one, because he'd been talked up that much in the team, and I'd seen so much of him on television, I thought this ball was going to land on the pitch and explode. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I faced the first ball, I thought... Oh, he's, he's a leg spinner. Okay, that didn't do a great deal. And then he bowled a few more, and I just thought he's just a brilliant leg spinner. That's all. But everything around him and his body language, the way that he used to delay his release, he'd take a bit of time when he used to kind of change the field. He'd make it very, very clear to you when he was changing the field. So yeah. he was taking mid wicket out. He would almost delay it to take mid wicket out to put him over to the offside to go. Oh, by the way, I've taken mid wicket out. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to cross there. Yeah. Yeah, that was him. at the top of his mark. He'd wait and wait and wait, and the batter would be in position, and he'd wait and wait, and the batter would be waiting, waiting. Yeah, you know, nothing's going on. We're all just stuck in this moment, and then the batter would pull away, going, "What's going on?" And then that's when Warney had started his run up, and then the bat, and then Warney go, "Well, come on, mate, what are you doing down there?" And like, and he'd suddenly turn all the focus around on the batter. But what I, what I will say, and I, I know we we got to move on, and uh, yeah, it's not easy to move on from such a legend but um mm. what i will say about that vaughny your comment there and it resonates with me about that as an opponent it's a little bit of serious talk or for the for the cricket tragics out there that that 05 series i keep getting drawn back to that the first time that you know batters like kp 
and even Trez grew in conf- confidence. Marcus Trez, I think, against him. Uh, and yourself, Vaughn, um, took him on a bit. And, 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 and Freddie said, no, nah, we, we're going to have to take him on a little bit and be positive. And, and then I noticed, you know, Warney looks at your leadership and goes, okay, I'm being challenged here. Like, for him to acknowledge that was rare, a rare thing. But it made for a compelling contest. And, you know, you guys win one of the famous victories, but also Warney steps up a gear, gets 40 wickets, gets 300 runs, and that was the competitive beast that he was. He loved nothing more than sensing someone's having a go. And that was magical to watch. Very good. It is It is time to move on, sadly. <laughs> um, I could sit and ask you questions about Warney all day, to be honest, boys. But there is plenty bro, bro, hip- happening can in... Can yes? I ask you a question? We're, we're an impartial podcast. Is that correct, Ollie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're impartial. What, what are you wearing, bro? This is, a, this is an official Australian cricket training jumper <laughs> that... Yeah, I'll tell you what... Uh, I'll tell you what that is, yeah. a freebie. <laughs> He's wearing a freebie. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so the, the best is, I an Aussie, they do the shoot through Fox Sports and an Aussie cricketer left it behind. <laughs> so, I grabbed it and I thought, oh, what about this? I don't know who it was. Who would be my size? Probably a Stoinis. Probably Marcus Stoinis. And um, <laughs> I... I, <laughs> I borrowed this thing long term. Yeah. Do you know the best thing is that where I live in Sydney, the Starks live just up on the hill near me, right. and they have two dogs, and close to every day they walk past my house. So just after I acquired this jumper, I was <laughs> out in my garden doing my gardening, and of course the Starks walk past, and Elisa, who has a very good sense of humor, just called out, where the fuck did you get that? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, uh, oh, no, I borrowed it. <laughs> so, but they've kept the secret and I've held on. I don't, I don't know which Aussie cricketer or which member of staff left it behind at Fox. Right. But I have. You snapped it up. You snapped this, this it up. Is, yeah. Very good. You stole I snapped that. it up. It, well, just as, you, that, yeah. as you're explaining that, oh, Ollie, come on. For those that are only, for only listening but can't see us, what have you done? In the interest of being impartial, I was at a rugby shoot with England back in the day and someone left behind the full length replacement bench, which is for someone who's six oh, foot oh, eleven. That's a good one. <laughs> one of the biggest things I own, but it goes down and hits the floor. So I'm going to stay impartial as well and just boil in this. But there you go, Vaughn. Just to keep things... I, I, I think we could, we, could, we could have a segment on this podcast to see, you know, because obviously... Um, we can get away with the odd thing on this podcast. What we can steal from people and bring onto the podcast. <laughs> oh. When you're a producer, Ollie, correct me if I'm wrong, it yeah. goes with the territory. Yeah. You write it's a couple contract. of jokes, ask a yeah. couple of questions, you get some merch. Yeah. That's how it works. Hey, look, let's let's get on to the cricket that is happening at the moment. Uh, Ollie, you did mention at the top of the show about the reaction to Mitch Marsh saying Pakistan will make the final against Australia. I think the... The most interesting reaction was from the Indian cricket team, who, if I don't know if you saw, played them on Sunday and beat them by 228 runs in an ODI. So the India got two for 356. Pakistan, 128 off 32 overs. The great man Virat Kohli, 122. KL Rahul, 100, uh, 111. Um, 
Do you think Mitch has changed his mind here, boys? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start quickly. Um, I think Mitch did relay in the extended part of that quote that he was taking the piss, a bit tongue-in-cheek. But just on that, of on that, on that Pakistan-India game, uh, which went – it was a one-day game that went for two days, uh, which was the only game given that leniency to if there's a washout, we're going to carry on. But – uh, no, no, I mean, that's of all fairs in love and war. But um, Virat, 47. 47 ODI tons in 279 matches. Far out. 29 test tons, 111 games. Sachin, obviously, the first and only 100 international tons. Oh, Virat's got one T20 international ton there as well. But Sachin, 100, you got 51 test in 200 tests. 49 ODI in 463 ODIs. I throw it to you, blokes. One that's uh, captain international cricket and two that just steal shit from international sides. Is that going to go past Sachin? I, I don't think Virat can ever be judged in, in great territory until he's got a, a hundred in the Yorkshire League. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> give gravity to these situations, don't you, Vaughn? <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Ollie? Is that what it says in greatness? Um, greatness. And it can be any of the leagues. It doesn't have to be top-tier stuff. You know, it can be Div 4 Yorkshire as well. But it's very different doing it on a cold, wet Tuesday night, um, <laughs> you know, than, it, than, than in an India flat what, bet. So that what is, is What is Virat like batting when he walks out of bat to take his mark? And when he tries to take his mark, he slides. <laughs> yeah. And the wet. Can he play, you know, can he... Can he bat in full studs? That's my question. <laughs> I, I wonder whether Virat will at some point stand down from international cricket to concentrate on Yorkshire cricket. Yes. Whether yep. that will be an announcement that he makes to so, finish his career. So, yeah, so the little master, Sachin, obviously played for Yorkshire, the first ever overseas player. Uh, did he play the leagues, though? And pardon my ignorance, no. and I... Hope not to be struck down by lightning like Mitch Marsh has been. But did he get 100 for Yorkshire? It's a very good question, that, Gilly. Uh, Ollie, did he get 100 for Yorkshire? I think he, he must have. <laughs> you, you, yeah. must have you do some work there, Ollie, while we uh, chat amongst ourselves. But I think it's a fair point. I mean, club cricket in the UK, that is the benchmark. Simple as that. Truly the benchmark. Oh, there's some, there's some right. clubbing going on. Uh, but your question, Gil, at the start, I think he will. Yeah. Ah, He'll play go. long enough. He's, I he's got 90 tests to catch up. Uh, well, the, the, the problem with the test is, will he still want to be playing test match cricket in four or five years' time? Yeah, well. How, many years how old is Virat? How many years would it take him to get the 90? Five? Well, actually, Six. actually, now that you say that, Vaughn, it's probably not... The ninety tests to catch up to two hundred test matches. It he's only twenty two behind in regards to the number of hundreds and the rate that he gets them. He'll do it in far quicker time than ninety yeah, tests. Yeah, he'll he'll get them. He'll get them, and I think that's probably on his mind yep. as it should be. I think uh, all all great players towards um, and he's not towards the back end, no. you know, but he's probably got a third of his career left. You would think. They all need a goal to aim for. Yeah. And I think that'll be the one kind of massive goal that will keep Virat Kohli just ticking along 
like he always bats pretty well in all the formats. Um, to see, I think Virat Kohli back in form uh, makes India very, very, very top favourites to win this World Cup. And also, if Virat Kohli plays this way, they are the favourites to win the World Cup. And I'll say, <laughs> such a cliche, this, but I reckon cricket is in a better place when Virat Kohli is scoring runs. That's the magnetism of this bloke. It, you know, we've just spent 20 minutes, half an hour on warning. This, this is in that space. Cricket's a good landscape, a healthy landscape when Virat's going well. Yeah, I, I, I will, I, you know, his speech will come when he retires in six or seven years' time about all the records he's broke, but clearly he'll have to acknowledge, unless he gets that 100 in the Yorkshire League, <laughs> <laughs> he'll have to acknowledge that he's not the greatest, not, but, you know, he's, he's, now, he's, he's had a good job. Yeah, he's had yeah. a good job at it. Ollie, have you got it? Did uh, yeah, Sachin I, I get 100? Of course, of course he did because he's he's the greatest. Um, yeah, yeah, he got it in 1992, yeah. 107 um, against Lancashire. Against Lancashire, it was the roses. The roses. Even, even that's, that is why he's the greatest. That is yeah. why he's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. So that's now. And Virat Kohli's age, you asked. He will be turning yes. 35 during the World Cup, the uh, day India plays South Africa. He's yeah. got a while to go now. Virat Kohli, you mentioned him on a podcast, your numbers boom, right? That's what we're aiming for. There's another name that you, if you mention on a podcast, same thing happens, MS Dhoni. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I don't, I don't know if you saw during the week. <laughs> I did. <laughs> you did. Now, Ollie, you spotted this. Do you, do you want to walk us through what MS Dhoni's been up to in the States? Well, I, I don't really know how or why, but I just, in, in my golfing groups, just get sent through that he's at Bedminster, I believe it was, playing with Donald Trump. And, and then the next story was Michael Vaughan touring Ireland. So um, and I don't know if you were playing with any world leaders, but it made me think, I don't know how that's a friendship, but I love it. Oh. I, I tell you, right, I was playing golf in Ireland for a few days and I was at the Royal Portrush Clubhouse. And I'm going to send you the picture of me in the clubhouse which looks like behind me, I'm, I'm with Ted Lasso, right? <laughs> so I'll put it on the group now to, just to have a look. So I'm playing that. So I send it on my family site. I thought, oh, this is gold, this. So I'd send this selfie with Ted in the background saying, you can't believe this uh, family. I'm only playing Port Rush and Ted Lasso <laughs> is behind me. Well, every single, you've got to get a video. You have to get selfies with him. I kept on saying, look, he's got security around him. I'm not allowed to get anywhere. <laughs> but this went on and I forgot. I got home late from Ireland last night. I've run through the door. My 13 year old, she runs up. She goes, have, have you got the video from Ted Lasso? <laughs> <laughs> now, Ollie, you'll have to put this picture up because yeah. it, it looks like him. There's no well, doubt. It, it definitely does. I'm, I'm going to if you zoom in, oh, I'm I'm going more Ron Burgundy, your man. <laughs> oh, oh I'm sorry. a slight more tendency to Ron Burgundy, than Ted Lasso, yeah. but it's good. It's a good tash. <laughs> it's not bad. Now, Vaughny, as you mentioned before, you have played golf with some of the greats, uh, Bill Murray, um, probably Gerard Butler, whoever else. <laughs> have you played with the Donald? Nah, I've had the invite for DT. Uh, is, it, played, played is it a goal? Course. I've played his course up in oh, Aberdeen. Yes. Yeah, phew, magnificent golf course. 
very, very nice. He, he, I don't think he builds them, but he, he's involved, obviously, with his name. He does a good golf course, does Donald. Oh, I bet. I bet. He's not. Have you seen his swing on uh, social media? <laughs> oh, he's a shy golfer. <laughs> It really is. I think the... Um, All right. Well, the, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I thought I read somewhere maybe the link was Rudy Giuliani. He has a, a, uh, some sort of um, person in his team that's Indian and knew MS and uh, got him out there. So, there you go. <laughs> that's Strange, co- strange combo. Strange combo. Um, apparently... Apparently, um, MS Dhoni won, but he did it on the very last hole with the very last shot. Uh, so right. very MS Dhoni-like, left it to the very took last it, second. Took it deep, and uh, Donald will... Took it very deep, Donald and will then... will dispute that and challenge think? it. Hey, just on Ted Lasso, <laughs> it just got me thinking. Has Reese Topley and Roy Kent been seen in the same room? <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave that with you. Have a think about that. Any Ted Lasso watches out it. there. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. Good it's a good show. Good show. Now, um, obviously, lots of cricket going on for the nations that we all represent. England taking on New Zealand. Uh, that second ODI, they're about, uh, when we're recording this now, Ollie, correct me if I'm wrong, in 25 minutes, they're about to start. Do you know who's won the toss? What's happening there? Uh, England have won the match. They'll win. <laughs> Sorry. England... <laughs> England have won, um, and uh, congrats to them. So that's three. That's, that's two one to England in the ODI series. Well, two one. Uh, one. Um, they play. Uh, they play at Lords on Friday, so it's two one going to Lords. And okay. on. are they four game series? Yeah. So it's, 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 you know what I'm going to say here, and this is semi series. The, the these bilateral one day series. Yeah. All right, they're going to a World Cup, so you could argue that these these have got a little bit of uh, interest because you, you're looking at teams and going into the bilateral one day series are the things that have to go in world cricket. They have to go. You got to pick your you got to pick your white ball teams from the franchise leagues. If Test cricket's going to survive, you know, and have prominent, real good windows for for us to all enjoy it, without it overlapping across everything. It's the these kind of one day series that are the the one thing that and then you lead into a World Cup of T twenty or fifty overs and three weeks before you play that 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 kind of start of cricket with your international teams against whoever, you know warm up games leading into a World Cup. Um, this series has had no interest whatsoever. No interest. Well, what, what does it mean? Yeah, it's good for punters because these guys are playing the first match in the World Cup. They that's they're the opening. Game, they're irrelevant. Irrelevant. Prop. No, so irrelevant. so just for clarity, there, Vaughn. It's interesting. It's a it's a point on my first gut reaction. Is I think it's a good one. So you can scrap all the the bilaterals, all the say by way of example, fifty over games between nations yep. until uh, maybe a month leading to the World Cup, and then you you crank yep. it up that. You keep your domestic 50-over competitions going. Uh, and same in yep. T20. You've got your, your T20 franchise cricket and so on. But you say you have your international stuff for maybe a month leading into the World Cup event. Yep. And it, it's only because test, test cricket is the format that we, we, we have to make sure that we protect and look after. 
And with all these bad, you know, bad series that are taking place and there's so much time taken out with all the leagues and then you get these these one-day series, before you know it, the calendar's done. Yeah. You know, we have to make sure that there are windows for Test Match Cricket and that would be a, a, a good way of making sure that we have enough space in the, camp, uh, in the calendar for the Test Matches rather than picking and choosing, uh, getting rid of a format or two in terms of what they play. Um, I just think it would be sensible. Whether the... The powers that be, the money makers, will allow that. We'll have to wait and see. But I do think that you should be able to choose your international white ball teams from franchises now. Yeah, and, and that term you use, the money makers, is an interesting one. I mean, that could be taken as obviously administrators or franchise owners or TV networks or whatever it might be, stakeholders, but also the players. And I thought Athers, Michael Atherton wrote a terrific article mm. within the last few days, maybe certainly since we did our last podcast around this exact topic, the players possibly are is are as in control of Test cricket as anyone else, as the administrators. We keep hearing that players say Test cricket's the pinnacle, this is what we want to play. Well they really, I think, if they want to see it survive, they've got the ability to make it survive and let the administrators know what they need to be playing when they need to be playing it. And that might take some turning down of some big dollars. There's enough money now around to, for everyone to do really well. And I don't want to sound like the old bloke that is whinging about money. We've all, you know, cricket's been really kind of generation after generation. That's not the issue. But if Test Cricket is going to survive, the players have got the ability to have a huge impact on that future. Yes, that, that was he, he wrote was it in the Times, it was in the Australian here, yeah. wasn't it? Gilead, yeah, it's the Times. Uh, Athens, and he, and he described, it. yeah, and he said, I think he, he used the phrase that we're watching. It's, I mean, he was almost saying it's too late. We're watching it wilt on the vine. Yeah. I think is what he, what Athens said. Um, well, hopefully that's not the case. We all love Test cricket. Um, I mean, look at the Ashes we just all experienced when Australia retained them easily. That was <laughs> yeah. wonderful. I enjoyed that. Um, now, uh, a positive, Vaughny. Um, Freddie Flintoff was cited at the game yeah. as a part of the coaching staff, which that was his first public appearance since his um, terrible Top Gear accident. Um, amazing that Freddie's yeah. out and about. Yeah, good. I mean, he'd worked with the under-19s uh, or been around the under-19 group. And I think, um, from, from what I believe in, in the few messages that I've had with him because we've had a bit of fun about him with the dog thrower you know winging balls down to players and um, he's enjoying it he's obviously gone through a horrific accident uh, he's gone through some real difficult times in the last year uh, and I think actually Robert Key deserves a lot of credit the director of English cricket because he knows Freddie really well and I think it's a way of obviously getting Freddie involved but also to help his mind mm. um, you know it's been a really tough time for him so yeah, he's been he's been in and around the group. Um, I think he's really enjoyed it. He's obviously got a lot to offer. Uh, he, he played the style of cricket that the single team plays, so I think he speaks the same kind of language naturally. Um, yeah, so it's good to see him back involved and uh, with that bucket hat on. I'm not too sure about the bucket hats now. They're always a bit of, a, a bit of an overkill, but the bucket hat on Freddie looks pretty cool with those shades. But, you know, it's good to see him out there and... Um, you know, I, I don't know whether it's going to be long term, whether he's going to be involved with English cricket in this kind of capacity. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, to see him smiling with a cricket ball in his hand mm. with the lads, it's, uh, it's it's been a great sight the last few Brilliant. days. Now, 
uh, Ollie, correct me if I'm wrong, but the quiz you've prepared this evening is in Freddie's honour. Is it a, a Freddie, Freddie Flintoff trivia? It's Freddie Flintoff collab with Michael Vaughan and Adam Gilchrist. Oui. We're all involved in every question. Which, which Gilly will be excited about. Yeah. Reliving yes. a lot of those. I just paid my final psychologist bill and I'm going to have to go back down there. I'm going to venture back down there, am I? Righto. Straight back down into that dark hole. Now, um, the other result that happened since we've been on the uh, Aussies in that third ODI, I'm sure we all, sure we all saw it. Uh, went down by 111 runs. Yeah. Close. Quite unexpected. Um, some amazing moments from it, Gilly. Did you catch the game? Uh, I, I saw the highlights. I didn't stay up for the entire match. I saw uh, some early stuff. Uh, the South Africans batted really well. Aidan Markram, I think he's, uh, he's a terrific player. Under Probably not underrated, but I don't think he's been overly well acknowledged on the, on the sort of international scale when you're talking about all the good players around and the turmoil that South Africa have had. He's, he's been an anchor. But um, look, I reckon the big moment for me was, and I'm not sure Ollie and Vaughny having not grown up here, and, but I'm sh- maybe you're aware of the wide world of sports back there. Oh, Billy Birmingham, outstanding. He used, did the old, um, the Rick Disnick. For those that uh, are local and remember it, where he was the, the guy on the, the, the Palmer Horse Vault or whatever it was, ran up and crunched his ribs into the, uh, into the rib. So, and the question went out to Rick Disnick. Google it if you don't know about it. Rick Disnick, Wide World of Sports. You'll see it. It's quite humorous, actually. But um, the question went out, did a sand shoe blow out or did you just fuck up? And I reckon David Warner... He's got a different answer to Rick Disnick. Asanchu definitely blew out, and that cost Australia a victory. But, um, I mean, the bull, Warner, is on fire at the moment. He's hitting it as cleanly as, yeah. as any. And, and the moment he got run out, because he fell out, literally, he ran so fast, he ran out of his shoe. But um, it looked like a really good run chase. They were flying at the time. But, but the concerning thing for the Aussies, they succumbed to the spin again. And that's a, a common thread, I guess, over time. It, whatever format, uh, this turning ball can create a few issues. Yeah, I think the Aussies will be all right. It won't spin in the World Cup, so they should be okay. <laughs> You're a knob. I mean, if I, just on results, <laughs> now, just on results, bro. Ollie, have you got any results for us on Raya or any, anything to... Yeah. I know Monique didn't hear, but any, any results from Raya this last day or two? <laughs> Um, well, in this last 20 minutes, I've had one mid-recording. I've had a like, Sophie, who... Um, You're joking. Like, well, the Oval is where this ODI is, which is only an eight-minute walk from where I am right now. Maybe she's just heading to the cricket. Because <laughs> without something creepy, she's within two kilometres. So, I don't oh, know. Can you grab your camera, walk? Can <laughs> you walk us there and we can see? When we met... And I've just gone on the website. There are still two tickets available in the Finn stand, ninety-five pounds each. That is a hell of a first date, isn't it? There you yeah, go. Ollie, Ollie. And is she? Is she? Why well, is she good and all? What, what we're we talking? Um, yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, Aquarius, which is oh, yeah. compatible. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah brunette and um, works in oh television advertising. So might oh, be good for Shito. Might yeah, be we- good for Shito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, why? I think you, you've liked her, haven't you? Or have you messaged her back? Or? Uh, I haven't. I'm just going through now, just doing my due diligence, Vaughn. You've got to check. Can we compose one? 
We could compose one live now as a team. <laughs> we're moving into dangerous territory here, <laughs> Move along. Now, all right. So, um, yeah, Aussies went down by a lot. Um, I did notice, I don't know if you saw Gilly on his shoe when it blew out. He had candy written on yeah. there for his wife. He does a tribute. Yep. Did either of you ever put any tributes to your families on your bats or your hats or your, your shoes or anything? No. No, uh, J- Joss Butler was the best. He, he on the on these bat. I think at the top of the bat, kind of uh, the face. When he used to tap his bat down at the top, he just read. So he, it was written so he could read it. It said, "Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, now, how there's not been a, a range of bats called fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd sell. Uh, the only one I can think of is um, Andy Bickle, uh, the tearaway Queensland fast bowler, used to have written down. One of the batting coaches said, um, just on the back, right, H D, and he looked down and meant head down when he batted, just because he he could hit the ball well, Bick, but he just got a bit aggressive. So H D for head down. Andrew Simons took note of that and went, oh yeah, that that that's interesting. I might. Um, try and write something. So he put SW there. And the guy said, what's that for? He said, swing hard. But Roy just couldn't, <laughs> he just couldn't get <laughs> English and literature wasn't his strength, Roy. But uh, he swung hard. <laughs> oh, that's very good. That's very good. Now, gents, that might bring us to the end of the uh, cricket portion of the show. Gilly, did you have anything else for me? Uh, anything else you wanted to add or you want to jump into this? Pretty flint off quiz. Let's go with Fred. Uh, I am now. All right. I've just got to show you here. I'm now in this shed on my own. Everyone's gone apart from a security guy. <laughs> there, there he is. Is he? And there's, there's the man he... who drives me, the magic man. He'll, he'll be doing some tricks with him. He gets his cards out. Vaughn, what, what, sort, of, what sort of volume uh, vats, what size vats are we going to get in there uh, to distill our on... good stuff? Mate, it's twelve. It's twelve meters high. This place. Yeah, right. So, I, I, okay. How big's a bottle? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking we could probably get just, I'd say forty million bottles in here. <laughs> just, We're going big. We should be right. We're going then. big. Is Reading known? Is Reading known for its tequila, um, production? No, but it, Ollie, it, no. Well, Ollie, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the home of agave, little-known secret, actually. Yeah, it travelled well, um, and it's just by the Medeski Stadium. So uh, he's found the best spot he could. Yeah, very good. All right, hey, yeah, I'm going to hand over to you here, Ollie. I'll keep score. Uh, who won last week? Was it a tie? Remind me. Gilly tiebreaker. It was Gilly tiebreaker. Yeah, it was. Um, Vaughny won the other seven. Um, but here we go. It's Freddie Flintoff. You're both involved uh, in various alternating questions, but you both answer each as always. So let's start with who played more tests for England, Michael Vaughan or Freddie Flintoff? Oh, that's a good one. Jesus. It is time. <laughs> right. What do we go? How did you go with Vaughan? How many did you play? 70. I can't say that. 79? I would say that would give you could say that if you want. <laughs> I did. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say, oh, geez, Freddie played. Ooh, you had a dicky knee, didn't you? That cut you short. 
Freddie never really recovered from that 42-over spell at the Oval, so he played a bit. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm just going to say Freddie, just. I'm going to say me. It is 78, Freddie, 82, oh, Michael Vaughan. Oh, oh, say 79, One you. Shit, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. But it's 1-0 to Vaughan. Right um, okay. Both uh, Adam Gilchrist and Freddie Flintoff were known for absolutely sending it. But who hit more sixes in tests? So that's only, not overall, Gilly v England or Freddie against Oz? <laughs> Who hit the more sixes? It's got to be Gilly. Yeah. Uh, Gilly against England? Yeah, I'm going me. I reckon, yep. I reckon, I reckon hit 30 in Perth. <laughs> Gilly, <laughs> Gilly hit 16 sixes against England, a total of 100. Freddie hit 19 against Australia. Oh, no oh, marks for oh, either. Hey. 82 overall. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I don't know that one. So he... I remember yep. him whacking them everywhere. He, Trent Bridge at Edgbaston. I don't reckon he got many at Lords. He didn't get many at oh, Old Trafford. Oh, no, he might have walked a couple there, actually. He did some pre deck Okay, I've got to believe you. Right up. Gilly, Gilly, would you like me to do an Aussie fact check I'd on like this? You to I can, do I'm getting the feeling. Trump that. recount. <laughs> recount, thank you. <laughs> I thought I thought you'd hit fifteen off Monty alone. Oh, I reckon I got him for about four in a row in one over. So anyway, um, yeah, that was my only good day. <laughs> no, that, there we go. And I should always say, any issues, take it up with crickinfo.com. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, All right, just pass it off. That, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, question number three: What is higher? The number of test wickets for Michael Vaughan or the number of times Freddie Flintoff got Gilly out in test matches? Ooh, that that's a good number one. of Vaughan-y test wickets? Or the amount of time Freddie got you out? I know. I know you're not meant to leave uneasy pauses in podcasts, but I need to think about this. No, it's one. Well, so I guess in this... Vaughny, you know your wickets number. And I Gilly, so. I do you know him? My, I reckon my wickets yeah. just. Yeah, I'm going with wickets. Just. Just. Vaughan. It's correct. It's six wickets to Vaughny, five dismissals. Oh, <laughs> five test match two dismissals. Ones. Test yeah, match. Right. Yeah. yeah. Four in 05. Yeah. Um, so that's 2 1 to Vaughny. On to question four. Adam Gilchrist had the third highest strike rate in the 2005 Ashes with 71.82. Freddie Flintoff had the second highest with 74.16. Who had the highest? Oh, that's good. Trescothic. Right, great. Into I've gone early there, haven't I? Trescothic I'm going with. <laughs> we like The podcast listeners like yeah. it. Trescothic. <laughs> I might go out the box here. It's not uh, it's not Simon Jones, is it? Oh well, hang on. Are we how many runs have you got to score to qualify for this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not many. Yeah. Hey, hey. No, not many. But eight no. innings. Okay, it's Steve Harmison. Oh. Eight innings he had. He had eight innings, an average. Uh, sorry, strike rate, an average of ten, a strike rate of eighty-four point five. <laughs> Scores for fun, army. An average of ten. Oh, come on. That should you be going to the record books, mate. You, you, what, you, you take did, 10, did, double figure. KP's strike rate there? I mean, he was aggressive. He, in the 60s. 60s. was, yeah. Yeah, in the right. 60s. Okay. In the 60s. All right. 
Not quite there. Okay, so still 2-1. Question number five. If we need a tiebreaker, we've got it. Who had the it's least two number? It's 2-1 currently. Vorni 2, Gilly 1. Who had the least number of test 50s? Gilly, Freddie, or Vorni? Least number of 50s. Jeez, would you play 80, 70? <laughs> I know how many I got. How many? <laughs> least number. I reckon Freddie got the least number. Yeah, is this the last question? Yeah, well, it so is. I, I, I agree, but I'm going against it just to try to get it to a tiebreaker. So someone else other than Freddie. You or Vaughn? You or you're Vaughny, yeah. Uh, me. <laughs> Michael Vaughn, 19. <laughs> Vaughn. Gilly and Vaughn, Gilly and Freddie, both 26. Michael Vaughan, he got 26 and only, you think, 500s. Ah, oh, that's it. <laughs> right. That's yeah. it. Vaughan, you got, what? Hey, just. 1950s, yeah. 19, 1800s. Yeah. Jeez, that's what they say. Oh, they got past the conversion, that's the key. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, just for shits and giggles, Ollie, toss mm. up this tiebreaker. It's a good one, just for people at home. It's a tiebreaker. Um, I had to type in, obviously, um, uh, Freddie versus Gilly, and a few videos came up. Um, and one of them, the big one, is actually a certain catch from Andrew Strauss. Oh, yeah, um, I believe it was Trent Bridge. So only on the England Cricket YouTube pages, not all socials, how many views has that catch got? And then it would have been the nearest one wins it on the tiebreaker. <laughs> it could be, I could be for double points. If you get it within... 10,000 double points because it is it is good. But only on England Cricket YouTube page. England Cricket YouTube, I'm going to go 10.4 million. <laughs> and is are, they, that, are they all you, Vaughan? No, I was going to say, I was going to say Andrew Strauss. <laughs> uh, I'll go... Um, Six point four million. <laughs> it, it's actually not many. Um, Three hundred six thousand on the England cricket one. Um, on YouTube, if we open it up to other channels, you're looking at ten million right. or so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> ten point four million. Yeah, well Vaughan can have it. Well done, Vaughan. Yeah. Well done. I think you're very good. It's, uh, it's a win for Vaughan. Very good. Hey, gentlemen, that brings us to the close. Yeah. Normally, we do a little uh, toast now, but we did it at the top to the great man Vaughan. So, you hey know, guys, thanks again. You want to do another. We can if you'd like. Hey, if you've got something else to toast. I'm afraid I haven't got any goose in the shed. <laughs> oh, All right. We'll let it go till next time. Good stuff, gents. Absolutely. Uh, you've been listening to Club Prairie Fire. We'll be back next week. We'll see you soon. 